Welcome back to part two of my wonderful conversation with divorce attorney, mediator, coach, and all-round wonderful advisor to people looking for a divorce, especially if you happen to be with a hijack call, Karen Covey. So Karen, we were talking about, all right, present yourself really well, first impressions count in court, and then if you recognize and it's very important everybody recognize this is a long process. If you are divorcing a hijackal, they're going to jump into court on every last little possible thing. And so just get used to that because it's going to happen. But start well. So let's talk about some things that might happen in court. I've had situations where people thought they were going to court, they were going to get 50-50 custody, and all of a sudden they, the hijackal got... 100% custody. You know, like a stunning result. My client would come back from court and be absolutely stunned at what had happened. And how does that happen? It can happen a lot of different ways. And I wish I, I wish I could tell you that it doesn't happen, but it does. And part of it is preparation in advance. So you can't just meet with your attorney five minutes before you walk into the courtroom and assume that everything is going to be agreed. Look, you know who you married. You are going to be divorcing the same person that you married. So if you know that this is, you know, there's a good chance that this isn't going to go well, prepare yourself, talk to your attorney, spend an hour with your attorney before you go to court to say, okay, What's going to happen? What are my choices? What exactly are, you know, what's being heard today? What's being done today? And if you don't know that, then you better figure that out and make sure that your attorney gets on the same page before you walk into the courtroom. And that's going to cost you some money, but it's well worth it. Do you advise that people actually remind their attorney by having a session like right before they go to court the day before refresh and remind the attorney of their particular needs and wants it's a good idea i mean look the attorneys are busy too and they have i don't know any attorney that just handles one case you know unless it's a gigantic case um so they've got a lot of clients they've got a lot of things going on and you it, it can't hurt for you to say to them you know this is what i want and this is this is my perspective. Are we on the same page? Are we good with that? But more importantly is knowing from them what's going on in court that day because different things get scheduled for different days. You walk in there thinking it's a status and then all of a sudden you walk out and you lost custody. Oh my goodness, how did that happen, right? Oh, absolutely. And unfortunately, <laughs> that happens too frequently. So that's why I tell my clients, and I'm glad that you said that, that okay, See if you can have a half hour, you know, meet your attorney before you go to court if possible, refresh the ideas and know what you're there for and remind them of the hijackal nature of their, of their uh, hopefully ex. And uh, that, that helps because many times the, the attorney has just come from somewhere else and they, if you refresh them, it helps. So I just want to comment on something that you said. You know, you married them and you're divorcing the same person. With hijackals, that's often not the case. Because when you, when you married them, you were still in the love bombing stage. They were still being the most 
wonderful person that you could possibly imagine. They could read your mind and they were just this gift. And their hijackal nature doesn't really show up until after they've gotcha. So you are now stunned that this person that you so hoped was who they are, and we get hooked on hope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we so hope that that's who they were. Now we're divorcing them. We're crushed already. We're we're enraged. We're uh, in, bewildered. There's so much that has changed, and that that's why they need you and I, because you need to have dealt with the emotional nature of what's going on, preferably before and while you're going to court. Because that, that's just a huge shift, and you've got to get your head on straight to give your attorney the best shot at doing their best job. Absolutely. I mean, and when I say you've got to keep your emotions under control so that you don't look like a lunatic when you're in the courtroom, <laughs> how do you expect to do that when you, as you said, your whole world has been destroyed. Life isn't what you thought it was. And, you know, you... You did. You're divorcing the same person you married. The problem was you didn't realize who that person really was. Exactly. And so you're dealing with all this emotional stuff. You know, I tell all of my clients, get a therapist. Get some help going through this process. Even, you know, whether you've got a high-conflict spouse or not, you're still an emotional wreck. It's that much worse when you have a high-conflict spouse. You need support and help getting through the system. Yes. And so I want to talk about another little piece of this because hijackals have this nasty way of making it appear in court that you are not a good parent. Mm -hmm. They bring false evidence that, well, they call it evidence, but they make allegations and they state them as facts. And in that snapshot that we talked about in part one, where you just get the snapshot of that day in court with that judge at that time, and who knows which side of the bed the judge got off on this morning. <laughs> um, we've just got that moment. So sometimes we just get painted into a corner as being an unfit parent. What can we do at that moment? What do you do as an attorney when those allegations start to come forward? First of all, you don't wait for those allegations to come forward. You don't wait until you're being painted in the corner to try to figure out how do I get out of this, right? It starts by being smart in advance. So a couple things you can do. Number one, on you know, oral conversations that you have with your spouse, sorry, he said, she said, you're never going to be able to prove them. So... Yeah. Limit your conversations, get, you know, try to only respond to your spouse or get them, get a court order if you need that says everything will be in email or in text, you know, so that you have things in writing so you, the judge could see the line of a conversation and that's proof of what was said versus, well, I said this, he said that. You're never going to know what happened then. There are also a lot of really, really good parenting applications now, apps that you can get that are amazing because they keep the thread of the conversation and nobody can erase it after the fact. Nobody can change it. So it's an easy way to show the court and judges understand these apps. And at least in my experience, they respect them and they say, okay, if you two can't talk to each other and I don't know who's telling me the truth, you're going to use this app and you're going to communicate via email and I'll see what really happened. So the idea is to start documenting right from the beginning everything that happens so and be reasonable okay don't go off on your spouse in, in an email 
be, be as careful with what you say in an email as you would in court and make sure everything is documented. Then when you go to court, you are prepared to present the real situation. You're not getting caught in a he said, she said. Well said. <laughs> this documentation, sometimes I'll have my clients go back to the very first moment they recognized what was going on. And even though they may not remember the exact date, at least they write it down like journal entries. And then keep very, very good records. Because that he said, she said business doesn't fly. But when somebody is accusing you of being a poor parent and you know that you haven't been, is it best to bring a witness? Is it best to, what, what's the best thing to do? It, it all depends on the situation and what exactly you're being accused of. Um, you don't want to walk in with 25 people as witnesses. You know, first of all, it's going to make you look again like you're the crazy one. You're um, histrionic. You're the one that's making a mountain out of a molehill, right? You don't want to do that. Second of all, you want to keep the people who you need to testify for the moments when they're actually going to be heard. You know, so talk to your attorney and find out how much time do you have for this court hearing? If you've only got 10 minutes and you've got three people with you, they're not even going to get sworn in in that amount of time. So you have to understand if, you know, who might be needed so that you don't use up your, you know, your goodwill with that person. And then the next time you go to court and you need them again, they're going to be say they're going to say, oh, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I'm too busy. I've already done that for you, right? So you want to get the most bang for your buck and put the people, you know, bring the people who need to be there at the time. So you talk to your attorney in advance and you find out, okay, my spouse is saying that I, you know, abuse the kids, that I hit the kids, but at that, you know, but it's not true. And here's the babysitter to say that what he said happened didn't happen or the teacher or the whatever. You know, does that help? Is this going to be a hearing? Can these people testify? Or, you know, what can I do? Should I bring them with? Um, and, you know, work with your attorney so that you bring the people to court with you who need to be there, but you don't bring everybody in the world if you don't, if you don't need them. Yes, and of course, you look really defensive if you bring 25 people yes. with you. So that's not a good thing. Great advice, Karen. Now I'm talking with Karen Covey. Divorce advisor, attorney, mediator. Obviously, you, you need someone like Karen. And if you're anywhere near, what, what uh, jurisdictions can you work in, Karen? I work in Illinois, specifically in the Chicago and uh, DuPage County area. So Cook County and DuPage County. Um, and most of the work that I do is advising people. I'm more of an advisor and a strategist at this point. And the cases that I take are with people who are usually involved in mediation or the collaborative process, which can't, believe it or not, you can use those processes, even if you're married to a hijackal, but it, it, it takes some finesse. It takes a little yes. experience. And again, the problem with any alternative to court is that they don't want to be there because they lose their audience. So it becomes a little bit tricky, but it can be done. Well, I love what you said about them losing their audience because hijackals love an audience. So just before we close, Karen, I have a big question for you because you're one of the few people who can answer this. Um, what can a partner do when they know that their children are being neglected or even abused when they're in the custody that has been given to them by the court to the hijackal? What, what can they do? 
it all comes down to proof. And unfortunately, if you have children who are really young, they can't speak up for themselves very well. Um, the first thing that I would do is ask through your attorney, ask to get an attorney appointed for the children because that person, either a guardian ad litem or a child representative or a child attorney, they're called different things depending on what jurisdiction you're in. They have different, slightly different functions, but basically you want an independent person in there who can evaluate, who can talk to the kids and evaluate what's happening. That would be step one. Um, you might want to try to get an examination, a mental health examination, a psychological examination of your spouse but usually that takes a while for the court to order it. And of course it costs money. I mean, five, $10,000 for that kind of an evaluation and know that you'll be evaluated too. So if you're not okay with that, don't go that road. Great advice. That 730 eval that Karen's talking about, yes, it's expensive, but it can be very, very effective too and save your children. Thank you so much for being with us today, Karen. Your information is invaluable and your insights and experience really help folks. Thanks so much. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. My guest is Karen Covey. She is a divorce advisor, a mediator, an attorney, a coach. You can find her at karencovey.com, K-A-R-E-N-C-O-V-Y.com. And if you happen to be with a hijackle, remember, you need an attorney who knows.